Hello, everyone, and welcome to UGA Sports Rumors versus Facts. I am Blaine Gilmer here with Jed May and Trent Smallwood as we're here once again live on the UGA Sports YouTube channel to discuss all things Georgia Bulldog football recruiting. Trent, Jed, how's everything going this evening? Good, good. Braves are uh, Braves just choked away at 3-0 lead, so that's cool. But other than that, doing good. Oh, yeah. We got the commercial break over here on the other <laughs> side, but <laughs> trying to see what's going on. But uh, Trent, like you just were at baseball or something. You got you got got to get the what is that? The lookouts hat you got on? No, no um, old old Reds hat. Old Reds. It's old Reds, man. I got you. Um, old Reds. No, I, I just you know Georgia having a hot July and you know coming here to talk a little bit about it and then upcoming week um, some names coming on campus. No doubt, no doubt. And uh, some some movement, like you said, in the month of July. Georgia is now up to six commits, could be seven very soon uh, in the class of 2023 in the month of July alone. Georgia has vaulted up from, you know, I think they were as low as 16 at one time in the in the rankings in late, late June and are up to number four now in the rivals team rankings. So, uh, definitely more of the same, it seems like, for Kirby Smart and the Georgia Bulldogs. Trent, this is a reoccurring theme. It seems like uh, the, the vault and everybody gets up in a stir a little bit about Georgia recruiting. And admittedly, there's been some misses along the way with uh, you know, with Archman and Justice Haynes, but then uh, five, you know, really high caliber defensive uh, targets commit, and then of course, uh, a in my opinion, underrated offensive lineman Kelton Smith joins the fold as well. Yeah, I mean, if you want to come to the vault anytime, uh, you know, between a April and June, you're probably going to see this class sucks and uh, all that stuff. But, uh, you know, it, you got to think, Kirby's still in charge. Um, they're going to have some misses. They have some misses every year. Um, you know, missing on Haynes is big, but – Kirby's always got an answer to this, and uh, you know they're right back in the top five. And you know I, I would be very surprised if they they exit that top five. Jed, I would like the perspective of a national analyst on Georgia's uh, class at this at this point in time. <sighs> yeah, um, you know I think we, when you look at it now, you've got two guys. You mentioned KJ Smith as a guy that's that's underrated. I think CJ Allen could fall in that that too, and I, I don't believe either one of those guys is in the 250 but i mean very very well could be and i would argue should be by the time this thing closes out so that's only going to help the help georgia in the team rankings and with the points and all that other stuff that my friends that get paid more than i do uh figure out but but yeah there's still guys <laughs> playing you mentioned um another commit could be coming soon we don't have a date or anything but yazid haynes is a guy that georgia's been in on he decommitted from penn state uh about a hour, hour and a half ago, as we're as we're uh, taping this, so that's another guy. Georgia looks to add speed to that receiver class every year, and they're going after Anthony Evans pretty hard. But Ezid Haynes is a guy that um, that fits that mold as well. Just electric, electric speed at the receiver position. Yeah, that, it seems like that is just the common theme. Uh, Kirby Smart has said it many times, and now Brian McC uh, McClendon seems to be falling right in line with that. Is pack as much speed as you can get into the receiver room. And you see Georgia's done that in the past with Arian Smith. They've done that with C.J. Smith, two track guys um, that, that they'll be running track at Georgia as well. They're recruiting Anthony Evans. And if they do end up getting Yazid Haynes in, a, in, a, in what would be another flip from Penn State, 
that's another guy who, you know, he recorded a 4.39.40 at the Penn State camp up there. And, I mean, it's just a lot of speed that could potentially in the next few years, you know, be making its way currently and in the in the next few years in the future, Trent, into that Georgia wide receiver room. Yeah, and I think that's an, uh, an aspect that uh, I think that is the revolving offense that Kirby is trying to move into. Uh, you saw it a little bit last year. I mean, they, they were one of the top teams in the country in explosive plays. Um, you know, some of them came from Brock Bowers, of course. But, um, you, you know, it, they're, they're trying to get playmakers at wide receiver. And you, you might not, you know, always land that five-star wide receiver or that, you know, Rivals 100 wide receiver, but they're they're guaranteeing one thing. They're going after speed. And um, it's if you hit on two out of four or, you know, three out of five of your guys in the class – and you got a class full of speed, it's going to work out pretty good in the, in the long term. Absolutely. So Georgia definitely uh, looking to to be dynamic in that wide receiver room. They've, you know, people like to, I guess, gloss over the fact that while Georgia, you know, Lad McConkey and A.D. Mitchell weren't five star guys, man, they 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 certainly were productive in their, in their freshman year. And, and, you know, when you combine just those two alone with a healthy Kyrus Jackson, and then also uh, like everybody knows the story at the tight ends, Georgia's Georgia's passing game this year could be quite explosive. Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, I think there's two sides of this. I think you can acknowledge one that Georgia hasn't, Hit necessarily hit on some of the, like you said, Trent, the Rivals 100 guys it's gone after in the past couple of years, while also acknowledging that Lad McConkey, A.D. Mitchell, Brock Bowers, like those guys are incredible evals. I mean, nobody knew that, that especially when you look at what McConkey and Mitchell did last year, nobody knew that those guys were going to do what they did. So there's two sides to it. I mean, would, would Georgia like more of the, you know, like Hakeem Williams' this class, perfect example, would Georgia love to land a I think he's number two or three receiver in the country, five-star kid. Sure, but if they miss on him and but end up landing a Yazid Haynes and Anthony Evans, you know, lower-rated guys who who work out just as good, then that's that's all that re- that's really going to matter to this coaching staff in the end. Trent, you got something to add to that? No, I mean, I just think that with the with the way Georgia's offense is and and the way they like to, to utilize people. Um, I just think that playmakers is the most important thing, and there's nothing better. I mean, there's no one better than you got Brian McClendon there, who's evaluating the talent, and then you got Todd Muckin, who's a wide receiver guru as well, who who is the one that found Lad McConkey out of nowhere. So um, you you got two very good set of eyes on these guys, and uh, I, I, you know evaluating these guys, I say. And um, so if Georgia if Georgia's going after them, there's a good reason why. No doubt, absolutely, and uh, things are picking up for the University of G- Georgia. We're going to be touching on some vault questions here in just a little bit, but we want to say hello to the people in the YouTube chat. Uh, Fred F. says, if A.D. Mitchell was at Ohio State, he'd be considered a top 15 pick. Uh, hey, perception becomes reality at certain times, that's for sure. Uh, Brett Weimer's in here with us. He said, we need K. Milt and K. Mack. Uh, to come back for senior year, I I don't see that happening. But uh, but hey, we appreciate you being in here, uh, in here, Brett. Uh, we got uh, Antoine Sampson. I feel very comfortable with our wide receiver room for 2022. So uh, Georgia 
fans out there seem to be pretty pretty comfortable. See some other people in here, Jay uh, Shipes. So we got uh, Harry Leg in here. So uh, all of these guys, uh, we appreciate you being in. Uh, Dylan Stroud is in. He says, "Bring me Hakeem Williams." That's uh, certainly a goal of Georgia as they're pursuing the five star heavily. So, like I said, it's been a it's been a just hot start in the month of July. A lot of defensive targets. Um, you know, people, like I said before, there have been some misses. It looks like Georgia's probably going to miss on Caleb Downs as well. But, Trent, you know, what better way to maybe subsidize that by going out and bringing in a guy like Jonel Aguaro? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Jonel comes in. He's he's uh, another uh, top-tier defensive back that, that Kirby's brought in. And these last two classes have been just unreal at the defensive back position. But – uh, John L was a long time Georgia lean and, and, you know, there was a lot of talk with Florida and the Miamis, uh, you know, the last couple of months, but, you know, Georgia was able to, to secure that one. And, uh, and I think relationships played a big part there, but, you know, he's a, he's a big hitter. Um, kind of reminds you of a smaller uh, Lewis scene. And I saw that, uh, comparison with, uh, I guess, I guess <laughs> he was referring to it. And hey, they're they're from right down the road from each other, Jed. I mean, uh, Scene was a, a Massachusetts guy before he moved to Texas for his senior year, I believe, and so they're they're right from down the road from each other. Yeah, between between uh, him and uh, Troy Bowles, those two guys will hurt you. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely, Jed. Uh, you know, it looked for a little while like Miami was trying to make a run at Aguirre right there, but I really think the the first of all there was changes throughout the recruitment at, at the DB coaching positions, you know, cause Georgia was on him very early on, even before they offered him, you know, we're on him a little bit. Um, and they offered him way back in like February of 2021. But on top of that, you know, Kirby smart was the consistent all the way throughout being a safety himself, having played at the university of Georgia. I feel like that's always kind of going to be a, uh, you know, ace in the hole for Georgia there when it comes to recruiting safeties. And I know people are going to point to, well, what happened with Caleb Downs? Well, there's there's extenuating circumstances there, I feel like. Yeah, and, well, you mentioned Kirby Smart. You got Will Muschamp right next to him, right? And, and Yeah. Especially when you pair that with Fran Brown. I think Miami, um, he made comments. I don't know if it was to um, you know, our guy Ryan Wright or whoever, but he said basically Jamila Dye going to Miami was, was a big thing for him that helped get them involved. But you know, we talk about it a lot that this is about relationships and, and all that kind of stuff. And I feel like sometimes now that kind of gets lost in the NIL game. And, then, and there are those cases where uh, an NIL deal gets dropped on a kid's doorstep or whatever. But I think even with the NIL, I think a lot of times it, the relationships are going to win out. And I think that's what happened with Aguero. Kirby's been there. Um, Muschamp has been there at Georgia for most of his recruitment. And I think Ultimately, despite the hard charges from Miami and Florida, those relationships are, um, you know, what ended up winning out. Absolutely. And, and uh, you know, the other one from the from, you know, a week ago, you were there live, Jed, was Jamil, J- Jamal Jarrett. And Jamal is a guy who at 6'6", six, six, you know, 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, pushing 350 pounds at different times, depending on what he ate for breakfast that morning, is a guy that – you know, it the storyline seems familiar. You know, really talented athlete that it that can blot out the sun and is from North Carolina. Where has Georgia heard that before, right? I mean, and it seems like there's a big connection, you know, in that recruitment with Jordan Davis, who was there for saw uh Jared on unofficials, on officials. 
Uh, seems like history is repeating itself in Athens getting Jamal Jarrett. Yeah, and when I spoke with Jamal, and this is something that I, I hadn't really known until I, I spoke with him for an interview um, leading up to his commitment, even going back to when he was at his, his previous high school, he was still playing offensive line, defensive line. Trey Scott started recruiting him even then and was like, look, I can turn you into the next Jordan Davis. And at the time, Jamal didn't really know who Jordan Davis was. He didn't know if he was going to be an offensive lineman or defensive lineman in high school or at the next level, excuse me, in, in college. And But Trey Scott has been pushing that message for, I mean, a year and a half now at this point. So um, it's an easy comparison to make, just like you said, with the, with the obvious facts. But I also think it's it's there. He's a, a, a raw guy. He's huge. And, you know, every school, when these kids go to these schools, they compare you to guys. But the Jordan Davis comparison for Jamal when he was in Athens, is it's it's too perfect. I mean, there's a reason that they brought Jordan in to talk to him on his official visit is because no, and I think Jordan even told him all this. No one, we, we had the same role. We're from North Carolina. We're both, we're both mama's boys. I think uh, Jamal said Jordan told him, and that's what Jordan told him is, you know, you come here, you do what you got to do. You can be, you can end up better than me. And you know, Jordan ended up being a, uh, I think the 13th pick in the draft. So um, better than Jordan Davis would turn out pretty good for Jamal one day, I think. That would be when, when Georgia, when I, uh, I mean, I guess way over 18 months ago, I guess when Georgia first kind of started getting interested in Jamal Jarrett or we first started hearing rumblings of it, I started evaluating, you know, film, looking at it, and I called up uh, Coach Don, and I was like, hey, Coach Don, how do you how do you really go about evaluating some of these bigger guys and stuff like that for athleticism? He goes, watch them fall. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He said, He said, well, when they fall, can they get back up without having to put their hand in the ground and help themselves up like they're super, you know, sumo, or can they just pop up off the ground? And, you know, there's something to that uh, the, the because Jamal, you know, he, he goes and he strikes somebody, maybe he got tripped up or something, he popped right back off the ground and was able to pursue. So uh, I think uh, Coach Donnan knew early on that uh, this was going to be an athletic guy that Georgia would pursue. And that's big, defeating somebody in the state of North Carolina for um you know for a defensive lineman because you saw Trent what happened with Travis Shaw last year North Carolina uh you know even though they've struggled at times as a program they're still uh pretty strong under Mac Brown recruiting wise there yeah and and they're going to be strong you know especially in state and that's that's why this relationship with Trey Scott you know kind of hit home from uh, a way back and you know I, I remember back in Jordan Davis's uh, recruitment there's a lot of talk about him playing offensive tackle and uh, at the next level. You know, he was a, a a lot of people don't think six six. You, know, you can't line up a defense tackle. You can't bend and stuff like that. But uh, you know, he, he's a. Th- this is you know, like like you said, Jay. This is a perfect uh, comp. I mean, that they're the same, basically the same size, the same build. Um, you know, Jordan Davis came in with a. Uh, you know, he 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 was big then, but he also had some. Uh, you know, some working out to do some filling out to do and uh and jared will come in and he'll do the same thing but you know just two big boys and uh you're gonna you're gonna hear jared's name a lot in the next three years yeah Rhett well mike says smith he's talking about james smith and jamal jarrett would be a haul that's for sure i mean in more ways than one that's a lot of beef uh coming in in there you know you might need an actual cattle trailer uh trailer to ride those guys around that's two big human beings there's nothing really you can critique on the defensive side of recruiting i think all no. the critiquing can come from the offensive side of the recruiting but recruiting but defensive side of the ball is uh just just refilling uh 
at, yeah, at yeah. every level. Like that's the crazy thing is like, okay, inside linebacker, three studs. Defensive back is shaping up. You got the edge guys that Jordan's already pulled in, and they're looking good for guys like Sam and Pimba and stuff. You got defensive line with Jamal, and there's James Smith and Jordan Hall. Like every level, every position now on, on the defense is just there. There's studs everywhere at every position group in this class. It's crazy. Absolutely. Well, it's time to time for the to get time of the part of our show to get to the vault questions, and I'm gonna give a disclaimer out here. Okay, we like to do a little something in this show where people have kind of caught on to asking some questions about something near to my heart, professional wrestling, okay? It's just meant to have a little fun with, so all you people that like to not have any joy in life, okay, you can just look somewhere else for those 10 seconds or something, okay? But uh, we're going to we're gonna throw those in there, too. we got lots of people uh, throwing those in, so we appreciate it. We appreciate everybody in the chat. Do us a favor. Subscribe. Turn on notifications. The UGA Sports YouTube channel has grown to be the biggest YouTube channel that covers uh, Georgia out there. So um, we appreciate that. It's because of you guys. So uh, make sure that you subscribe, turn on notifications so you know every time we're live, every time Coach Don and Roddy and Dane are live, Paul and Ben on on, uh, Sundays, all these guys that that put content out, and we greatly appreciate it. All right. So uh, with that being said, Jed, go ahead and uh, hit our first one there. we got Sammy D. Sammy D, uh, how many current five stars will we sign in December? And then Charlotte Dog adds on and says, how many five stars will we end up with at February signing day after the bumps of current high school players? Yeah, I put those two together because – and then uh, what's up, Dog, on the on the vault also was – I mean, he was just all over it with the five stars. They, these people are five-star hungry, Trent. They want to know how many five stars is Georgia going to end up with in this class. So uh, I don't know that we can give a – definitive answer i mean if you want to you know turn into some kind of psychic here and and look into the future let us know how many we getting trent you know it's so hard at this point because what 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 is rival sitting with jed 16 five stars right now or 25 yeah Um, i don't think it's i don't think it's 20 yet but they always end up with the 32 uh five stars just like the first round of the nfl and uh so so you're you're there's a, there's a lot of people that can move into that five star status. Um, if you're looking at, I mean, it, it, I think it's going to come from the defensive side of the ball. If it does, um, they they might could slip in a, a you know, maybe a, a Samuel and Pimbo would be one to keep your eye on for sure. Yep, uh, I would say at the end of the day, maybe three five stars. Um, but it's it's, it's just going to be a lot of uh, to do with you know the ranking and. Uh, and who they pull because a lot of people are going to make jumps. You know, we talked about CJ Allen. I'm not saying he's going to jump to five star, but he's going to, uh, he should make a jump before the end of the ranking. So there's a lot of guys that's going to make uh, jumps. There's a lot of guys that's close to that five star status right now. And there's a lot, of, and there's some guys that are going to fall. Um, but so, I think it just depends on uh, where Jed ranks them. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's yeah. a big, that's a big caveat to this. Okay. We, we did an over-under, I think, a question a few weeks back of people saying over-under how many, uh, you know, three and a half was the over-under, how many George, uh, five-stars Georgia lands in the class of 2023. I took the under, but it's not necessarily meaning that Georgia's still not going to have an elite class because, like you said, I think some of the three-stars, a couple of the three-stars, the Kelton Smiths, the C.J. Allen, 
you know, maybe even if Chris Peel ends up in this class, I think all of those guys could end up by the end being four stars. And I think with Georgia already having 17 commits, you know, looking like it's soon to be 18 commits in the class of 2023 and sitting comfortably at number four, they're going to be pushing, especially if they just win a couple of these 50-50s, you know, pushing for a number one class. I mean, it's going to be strong. I've got the rankings here, the rankings that I put together personally myself. For anyone who doesn't know, I and I alone are responsible for rankings. So make sure prospects <laughs> and especially their parents know that. Um, so let's play Let's play maximum. His that's email that. and his phone number will be yeah, linked. 706-426-4278. Yeah. Um, okay, so Samuel and Pimple. Let's play maximum Georgia could get. Samuel and Pimple's a five-star. I'd say Georgia gets him. Um... I don't think they end up with Shanahan. I don't think they get Oak and Lola. Hakeem Williams is a five-star. Say Georgia gets him. Um, let's see. There was uh, AJ Harris is a four-star right now. He's 27 in the country. So say he holds there, that could easily end up a five-star. That's three. And then right outside of current five-star, like Richard Young right now is a high four-star. Um Kelby Collins is at 40. That's a guy that could uh, move up. You got um, Jamal Jarrett's at 50. He could shoot. That's the thing is, like, I think the last rankings come out after the All-American Bowl. Because remember, last year, that's what helped Julian Humphrey get bumped up to five-star status was a a huge performance at the Army Bowl or whatever. So, um, Jed, are you prepared for the vitriol when uh, you – alone decide to bump justice haynes up to a five star and then if he flips to georgia in december move him back down to a four star is that are you prepared for that um the new rankings are coming out so we've already had those it's not even really a meeting because it kind of goes without saying (laughs) that guys get bumped when they commit to bama so um but yeah that's all taken care of don't worry Awesome, awesome stuff all (laughs) right a little inside baseball there okay so uh let's go to OU Herschel Walker, I'll handle this one because, like I said, it's got a little wrestling love at the end of it there. He says probability, and we'll do probabilities on each of these after I address the wrestling question. Reuben Owens flip, Justice Haynes flip, Richard Young commits to Georgia, Jamarian Wilcox being the only running back that Georgia signs. And then he wants to know four horsemen better with the originals, Flair, Blanchard, Ole and Arn. Or with Lex, Sting, and Wyndham. It is not even close. The original four horsemen, Ole, Ole Anderson, Arn Anderson. I mean, they could play, you know, defensive, defensive tackle, linebacker, uh, any day. Okay, tough as nails. So those are the guys right there. But um, appreciate that, OU Herschel Walker. But guys, let's go through this probability of Ruben Owens, uh, Ruben Owens flip or uh, Justice Haynes flip. Uh, go ahead and touch on those first. What do you guys think? Oh, Horseman, man, that was a great backfield back in the day. Um, <laughs> I think the probability of Ruben Owens flipping is is pretty decently high. Now, do I think the probability of him flipping to Georgia is high? Not especially. Um, I think if he flips, it's probably going to be to one of those Texas programs. Um, I don't see Justice flipping, personally. Um, Richard Young committing. 100% Richard Young is going to commit somewhere. Um, I think yeah. it's between Georgia and Alabama. I think – it might have been last week we talked about this plane. Um, I think the longer it goes with Richard Young, the more it helps Georgia because it seemed like Alabama was the clear favorite there. He was ready to pull the trigger. And then, I mean, it's been what a, a little over a week now since Justice Haynes committed. So 
the the more time Georgia has to get in there and and um, you know stay in his ear, maybe get him on campus, depending on what his timeline is. So um, I don't know. I, I would say just maybe 60, 40 Alabama now for Richard Young, maybe. I don't know. And then I think Jamarian Wilcox, like I don't think he'll be the only running back Georgia signs. I think Georgia's in a decent spot with him. I mean, obviously they haven't offered, but um, yeah, I don't. That's what I'm saying. I don't think we can even talk about that until they, they yeah, send an right, offer. But, um, I mean, I don't. I don't. I think they probably end up with with two running backs, unless the 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 pool of guys they want is just totally exhausted. And then, but even then, I would think they probably end up um, maybe looking in the portal for a guy. Although I don't know if that would count as part of this question or not. But um, Trent, I mean, all over, right? you, yeah. Trent, what do you think of in terms of the the flip percentage for Owens or Haynes? I mean, yeah, like, like Jess said, I don't see Ruben Owens sticking with Louisville. At the same time, Georgia and Texas felt good about him at one time. And mm-hmm. uh, depends on what that NIL package. Because let me tell you something, he ain't going to Louisville for free. Okay, I mean it's just how it's just how it's going. I'm not saying it illegally. I'm saying legally the Louisville you know, boosters and uh, collective, all that kind of stuff, have obviously put together a package and offer that Owens couldn't refuse uh, to reference the Godfather. So, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, uh, and, I mean, that, that's the way it's going to be. But with Reuben Owens, uh, I think I, – I, I don't see – there's a possibility, you know, Georgia could flip him because I'm not going to say Georgia's not going to go pursue him and, and, and what can change in the next three or four months. Um, Georgia at one time was very high on his list. You know, I thought Georgia was was standing, you know, standing out in that, in that recruitment. But uh, at this time, I would say it's lower for Ruben. Um, Justice Haynes, again, uh, we felt it was Georgia all the way up until the announcement uh, on that Sunday, and then all of a sudden it, it changed to Alabama. And so well, we're, we're finding not, out more and more each day that we weren't the only ones. Uh, yeah, <laughs> there were there were lots of people <laughs> that thought it was I mean, Georgia. It, it was it was definitely um, a surprise there. But um, again, never say never. He, he's a Georgia. Um, you know, he, with his with his dad being a Georgia alum and and playing at Georgia, but. Uh, Right now, I would say fresh off his commitment to Alabama, yes, it could happen, but the the chances are slim of that happening. Now, uh, I do think that that increase the chances for Richard Young with Justice Haynes going to Alabama, because I just in the in the you know I think it's I, increased, I, but I oh, it's still I wouldn't put Georgia as the I wouldn't lead. put Georgia as the leader, but the, it it definitely went from probably like Jess said sixty forty Alabama, but it probably was about ninety ten or eighty twenty or close to ending. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I got you for sure. Yeah, I think Alabama is trying to sell. Um, there's there's a shift going on in Alabama uh, football right now, and I think you'll see that play out on the field this year. Yes, they have the returning Heisman Trophy winner and in, in Bryce Young, and they're still going to sling it around the yard. But I think uh, – I don't think Nick Saban liked um, at times last year being – having – other team physically imposed their will on them because of Alabama's inability to run the football and at times put their defense on the field too long because sometimes they couldn't sustain drives. They were more of a uh, of a quick strike offense. And there was times when they did struggle it was because they couldn't run the football. I think you're going to see Alabama try to return 
to running the football more uh, because I think that's what Georgia has kind of turned the tables on them with of being a little bit more physical than Alabama. So I think when Saban knows he's been outdone with something, he tries to correct it. So I think that would be what they're trying to sell uh, young and uh, young and Haynes on in terms of being a, you know, a one, two punch there in Tuscaloosa. And I know they got some, uh, you know, transfers with Jermaine Burton and, and other guys that, uh, that went there and, but, you don't have those two wide receivers or those wide receivers that they had in the past. As you notice the national championship, they got that they didn't have those guys stepping up at that point. And yes, I do believe they have talented wide receivers there, but I do not believe they have the two wide receivers they have that they had last year with Mechie or the four and, that or the four that they had, you know, several years ago that 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 are just you know legendary. I mean, it's it's hard to keep that up. Make, I mean, the offense coordinator looks like a genius when that stuff's going on, but I mean, those guys are just unreal i mean that, those wide receivers that when they had judy and devonta smith and all them that just Rugs. makes you, it makes it makes it very easy on a quarterback it makes it very easy on offense coordinator hey run it run a deep post and quarterback throw it as far as you can i mean it's it, it it i just don't think they have those guys this year and i think jermaine burton is a, is a very good wide receiver and i think they have some very good wide receivers but they don't have the elite talent that they've had in the past absolutely all right jed we got one from uh big fatty 94 here I'm going to leave that username alone. How many flips would you be confident in saying is going to happen by the time signing day rolls around for the dogs? All right, so so you got away or flipping two? I think they're talking about flipping two. Hey, well, uh, so speaking, sorry to interrupt. Uh, we speaking of breaking news, we have a long snapper commitment that just happened. Oh snap! Oh, hey, good one, Trent. Um, <laughs> to to Will, Georgia. <laughs> yeah, Will Snelling's out of uh, Whitewater High School. Hey, look I mean, at I you guess... guys getting some breaking news on the rumors versus facts. It's a <laughs> Nothing fact better. Committed. It's probably a PWO, but yes. Oh, well, yeah, 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 probably, but but you know. Yeah, I feel like cool that that would that would uh that would be the case there. Um, you know, typically uh at least early on, many specialists aren't utilized uh, you know, scholarships aren't utilized on specialists a lot of the times. So I can imagine that would be the case. Um but uh, anyways, let's get back to the, the, the question here from uh, – he said, how many flips would you be confident in saying is going to happen by the time Sunday rolls around for the dog? So I think they're talking about flips to Georgia. And in that scenario, Joshua Miller is already one that's taken place uh, from Penn State. Raymond Cottrell is another one that has taken place. He was committed to Florida at one point i'm trying to think if anybody else in the uh, raylan wilson was another flip that's that's three right there uh alone in this class that have that have already occurred i think you know they, they're in good shape to complete the flip with yazid haynes uh the wide receiver that was for penn state that would be four i think you could see him get up to five or six by the time the class is over with and trent and Jed, one reason I think that is because I think because of how some of this offensive line recruiting is playing out, that they're going to have to go out and put some pressure on some guys late and try to get some flips. Yeah, and the same could be said for um, I think for running back as well. If they feel late in the cycle that that they True. don't have any uncommitted guys that they really like, then they could end up going out and trying to flip somebody from somewhere else. But yeah, I mean they're already at already at three. Yazid Haynes would. Would make it four. Yeah, I think five or six is is very, very realistic. I mean, last year, I mean, think of how many. I and mean, there seems like there was there was so many at the end because you had 
Jaheim Singletary ended up kind of late, and um, gosh, I mean, I don't, yeah, there's a there was a ton. It seemed like more than five or six last year, but yeah, I think we'll say we'll say six, just because I, I think, think there'll be at least play. at least four more with the shenanigans that goes on on signing day. Because right, I mean, uh, like you said, Blaine, with, with how some of the the offensive line. Oh, Rhett, yeah, Rhett was committed to. Uh, that's a good call from Rhett Womack. So that's. Did you mention Rhett, Justin Rhett playing? Yeah, Justin Rhett, Justin Rhett from Notre Dame for oh, yeah. sure. Oh. Yeah, that, that was another one too. So there's already yeah. been a lot of flips. I wouldn't be surprised to see two, three more um, for well, sure. A few of them were silently committed to Florida and they flipped to Georgia. So, <laughs> oh, that's 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 great fodder there for the for the ball. <laughs> they love that. Trent knows how to play to the crowd. That's for sure. For sure. Uh, I heard, I heard, you know, I heard somebody was giving committed to Georgia Tech at one point, and they just said, you know, I'll piss on that and came on over <laughs> to the dog. All right, so uh, yeah, <laughs> that's how it goes. All right, uh, Night Dog says, are the dogs fading for Quay Rousseau? No, they're not. I can answer that one pretty simply. And then what edge rushers do we, Georgia, sign as of today? Okay, so Georgia is – it's pretty much wide open on the edge. They're going after Damon Wilson. They're going after Samuel and Pimba. They're going after Quay Rusal. They've got their inside linebackers taken care of. Those are the guys that they're really going after. Kelby Collins is a guy who could somewhat fit that role, but is a bigger guy and could also slide down inside as well. Um, you know, Trent, Jed, go ahead and give your thoughts on what you think this edge class could end up looking like for Georgia. Oh, they got Gabriel Harris already committed yeah. too as well. Yes. Yeah, Gabriel Harris is, is a good-looking guy. I think they look good with Impemba. It seems like every time – and, Blaine, you, you've talked, you've actually talked with him, but just seeing what he says about Georgia and everything like that, it seems like Georgia just continues to ascend for him. Um, I think Kelby Collins, like it's one of those things where is he an edge, is he a defensive end, like what do you – I think he would be more of a Trayvon Walker type. And then, um, but yeah, Russo is kind of the opposite. Like, you remember, he was being recruited at inside. Now he's being recruited as outside. So, um, yeah, I'm trying to think. There's, um, boy, I feel like they'll get, I feel, I feel like they'll get at least two of those guys. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. feel like yeah. at least yeah. two of those guys will come. Yeah. I feel the same way. I feel, I mean, the, the two, two guys you mentioned, uh, well, you mentioned several, but Quay Russo and, uh, and mine goes blank. Who else you mentioned? Um, oh, Mapemba. Uh, and, and, and Pimba, yeah. And then, yeah, and then you got. Um, I think that I think those are two guys that I could I could really see in this class. And uh, and you got a couple other guys that Georgia's recruiting at the edge, but um, but those are two guys that I think Georgia sits well at this at this point. They're really they're really hard pursuing Damon Wilson as well uh, mm -hmm. out of Venice out of Venice Florida. Um, a guy that that has Georgia, I think, in his top four, Jed, if I'm not mistaken. It's uh, Georgia, so. Georgia and Texas are two of the biggest ones there. I'm telling you, with, with Quay Russo, I don't think you got to worry about Georgia fading for Quay Russo. I think uh, when it comes to Georgia, there's a tremendous relationship there between Russo, his family, and UGA. And but you know, there's also one there with Auburn as well. Yes, Auburn, and and they're going to give these guys are not. They're adamant. Him and James Smith are adamant that they're uh, one. They we say it all the time. You got to take the the package deal stuff, you know, with a grain of salt. But him and James are adamant that they want to play together at the next level. Um, they train together, all that good stuff. And two, uh, you know, Quay. 
they want to see they have a great relationship with Auburn. They want to see what Auburn puts on the field since they're not deciding until December. Alabama's heavily in it. Um, Ohio State, Texas are trying to get both Quay and James uh, Quay Russo and James Smith up out for visits. If they do not get out for visits, then I think it sticks with um, you know Auburn, Alabama, Georgia as the three, and then Florida. I believe they're going to Florida for the Florida uh, Friday Night Lights deal um, this weekend. So Florida's trying to make their way into it as well, and they have visited there before. But uh, other than that. Um, if they if they silently commit, Georgia could just flip another one. So yeah, did uh, oh you had yourself muted there for a second. I was just gonna let you, let you know that. So yeah, so uh, that that's kind of what it looks like on the edge there, Night Dog. All right, so Jed, we got one from uh, G Dogs here. Yeah, it says, do the dogs go strong at receiver and offensive line, or will they be trying to address those positions better next year? Uh, they feel good right now with who they have on the canvas right now. Is that what he's talking about? No, he says. Do, it said, do they do they close strong? No, close strong. Do, do you think they end up closing strong in the class of twenty twenty three, or do you think they look more towards the portal or go heavy on the class of twenty twenty four for those positions? I always say that they're gonna try to improve on the on the next class, but I, that's just the way his mentality is. I think he's gonna try to land the best guys in this class and and. uh and I don't think he he's going to accept being short of that. And you know they have missed on some guys on the offensive side of the ball. And I think, um, and but but he's going to go after the top tier players every single year. So I, I don't think that's going to change. Yeah, he's going to try to try to uh, address those positions next year, whether he does or not. That's that's the question because I think he tried to address the offensive line this year of the the class last year. You know, had Ernest Green, but it didn't. It wasn't necessarily a class that blew you out of the water on offense line or what George is accustomed to with Sam Pittman uh, being there. I, I, yeah, I mean, George is going to try to sign the best players, but I think they're getting some very underrated players so far in this class, especially this, this last pickup. Yeah. I think, I think wide receiver people ultimately when all is said and done, George is going to have a, a really good wide receiver class in the class of 2023 when all is said and done. Um, and I think it'll look even better when you look back a, a few years from now than it does initially. Um, and and, in terms and that, of, that, that same thing was said when A.D. Mitchell was coming in, that wide receiver classes, we, you know, will we try to address that next year? And then you have the two freshmen come in and, and, and play out of this world last year. So it's all about your evaluations and, and, and who you're, who you feel can come in and, and play the position and the, you know, McClendon and that bunch and, and Munkin, they feel good about the guys they're bringing in. I know. Absolutely. And I, I think uh, when it comes down to it, offensive line, though, could be – a offensive line and running back could be two positions that – and even quarterback for, for that matter – is that Georgia feels pretty – confident in the depth that they have in the room now so they're not going to reach or freak out on the class of 2023 and they could utilize the portal in the offseason for those positions i feel like yeah so, i think so i mean we just saw alabama do it right i mean if georgia lands a jameer gibbs type in terms of a guy with experience and talent in the portal next year and you sign a, a jamarian wilcox um in this 23 class to go with it then that is kind of turns out just as good as um, as signing two guys in this class. You look ahead at 24, Georgia's 
uh, one of the, the the front runners for a lot of those guys, the 24 class too. So we'll see. Um, you know, we, we kind of, you remember a few months ago, guys, we were, we were telling everybody wait till after spring practice till all the portal editions started hitting Athens and, and that hadn't really happened. So um, we'll see. Um, I mean, Kirby smart is, is going to use the portal. He's not going to throw scholarships at it just to do it. He's going to use it at positions that he thinks needed. And, We'll see if he deems that, um, you know, if he deems that running back and offensive line are two of those spots where he needs to add a guy. Will Jameer Gibbs be the best running back in the SEC? Uh, I mean, he's he's gonna be he's gonna be really good, but there's some. It depends on what your definition of best is. You got Tank Bigsby there. You got Zach Evans that I think is gonna be really good. That's a name that gives people PTSD around here. But uh, yeah, for sure, uh, you know, I th- I think he's gonna be one of them. Yeah, he's he's a good. He's a good. He's gonna be really good, I think, out of the backfield. Like he's gonna be dangerous, and then like with Bryce Young on on checkdowns and stuff, and and out of the backfield, it's gonna be huge for them. Yeah. Well, so I mean, I, I think he's gonna be really good. But uh, when when you come when you talk about that, uh, you know, Trent, there's there's gonna be some guys around the country that that portal pool is gonna be pretty strong uh, to pick from. Um, you know, after some guys that maybe don't get as many carries as they thought they were gonna get and stuff like that. So. You know, you never know who's going to pop into that portal, but, and Georgia might take advantage I, of it. I think Tank is a guy that's going to be the best running back in the SEC stat-wise because you yeah. know they're going to give it to him 25, 30 times a game. I think mm-hmm. Gibbs will still be a guy who splits carries just like Georgia does. And then you got Chris Rodriguez up at uh, up at Kentucky. I know he's gotten a little legal trouble and stuff like that, but that guy is a guy who I never dreamed would come back this year for Kentucky, and he's – been around. I mean, he's like the second coming of Benny Snell up there for those guys, maybe even a little bit better. So uh, there's lots of good running back talent. Uh, I think Kenny McIntosh is going to be unreal for Georgia. I think he's, he's going to have a huge year. I really do. Julian Rochester as well. <laughs> Julian <laughs> Rochester, about time for sure. All right. Uh, oh, we already did. Nope, we didn't do this one. Uh, a second part by G-Dogs. He said, uh, Miami seems to be in line for that UGA pit boss kind of class on offensive line. Does UGA find a way to rekindle that type of success at OL? Well, Trent just talked about it. I just talked about it a little bit. Um, you know, I, I think when it comes to it, uh, what you're seeing right now is some negative recruiting on Georgia in terms of the depth that they have, Jed, at offensive line. And then also, uh, you know, I just think that, you know, it's it's a cyclical type thing. The in-state talent, all that kind of stuff. Twenty twenty-four, I think, lines up a lot better for Georgia at OL. Also, Stacy Searles kind of came in mid-cycle, things like that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard um, for some of these guys because it's a, it's a coaching switch, like you mentioned with Stacy Searles. But um, yeah, you looked at twenty-four; they're they're in a good spot with Daniel Calhoun. They're in a good spot with with Cam Pringle. I think those two guys are the top two tackles in the class at the moment if i'm not mistaken so um you know when you give cereals a full cycle to to really build these relationships with these guys and everything we'll see how the 24 class shakes out but the 23 class it's like we talked about this before there's a best case scenario where georgia keeps bo hewley and lands monroe freeling and then um a guy we think is underrated in kj smith or georgia misses on freeling bo hewley flips to auburn and then all of a sudden you, you lose two of those guys you've got you're you're down to KJ Smith and Joshua Miller, so um, it's going to be interesting. Freeling is kind of the not uh, the swing guy, I guess, in this kind of class. No one really knows when he's going to commit or anything like that. He's a 
a difficult guy to get on the phone. So um, we'll, we'll see <laughs> on him. But uh, Georgia, you know, they're at Georgia. There's Notre Dame. There's um, Michigan's involved. There's a few others. So they're going. They're going after him pretty hard. And just we'll we'll see if they uh, end up pulling him or not. So if you're listening yeah, and, to the show, uh, and call Jed. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, Remember, will be in the description of this video. G Dog, G Dogs also has a wrestling question that we got to answer. I mean, we can't not answer it. It says, "Who gave the better promo, Ric Flair, Dusty Rhodes?" Here's here's a, it's a complex answer. Okay, it's not easy because when you talk about memorable promo, Dusty Rhodes is going to give those memorable promos. Okay. Uh, those ones that that are seared into your brain that you can go back to and just just they're, they're awesome. But Ric Flair, he, he when you talk about just turn a camera on and let him talk, Ric Flair can can cut a promo better than anybody. By the way, a little promo for Ric Flair's last match at 73 years old coming up this next week. I didn't know that you could wrestle at 73 years old, but hey, Rick's doing it. So uh, I've heard his last match for the last 15 years. So. <laughs> Oh yeah, it's it's good stuff. I, hey, you gotta love wrestling, man. You gotta love it. We gotta go rapid fire on these last few. We got a, a bunch to hit here. If you were Dell Dell McGee, um, what would you do for running back this cycle? Any new offers? So, would you guys, uh, if you don't get Haynes or Young, just real quick, would you offer another running back, or would you just kind of uh, sit tight and go to the portal? I mean, I would. I wouldn't offer a guy just to offer him. I'll say that. I mean, you look at a guy like Wilcox or any of these other guys. You watch how their senior years look, what the film looks like, all that kind of stuff. You feel good about it, offer, but um, I definitely don't think they're going to, you know, just start throwing offers out there to – like we talked about a quarterback. They're not going to go throw offers out to a guy just to, to say they're going to take a running back. I think they're going to be careful about it, be picky with their offers. And um, I think there will be new offers that go out, but they're not going to throw any out just for, for, um, for kicks. I mean, the fast rapid fire, Jed. We got to tighten it up a little bit. We're going rapid <laughs> fire here. I, I say, okay, I say, I, if if it was me, I would offer Jamarian Wilcox, uh, but not take anybody else. Probably go to the portal to suffice. Trent, what would you do? I honestly would go after Ruben Owens because I, I just like his game. I like the way he. <laughs> I, I, just from day one, from me watching his film, I just like his film. Um, I think he's a guy who would fit well in Athens. All right, uh, so we got uh, KSDJ1869 with Yazid Haynes trending to the dogs here and on other sides. Do we take him and Evans uh, since they're such similar players? Yes, pack as much speed as possible. Can answer that one. Would Georgia take six wide receivers their way? Guys, I don't know. Do you, I don't think Georgia's got room for six wide receivers. Four seems more likely. I think four, they could could take a fifth. Um, yeah, I think I four. Is I don't know that six six is a little steep. Yeah, like you said. And I think only that because the the way the numbers have changed uh, with with what they can do this year. Um, but I think six is pushing it. Absolutely. He'll have a defensive back. He'll 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 take twelve defensive backs where he takes six wide receivers. <laughs> Absolutely. I think the Braves just scored too. So uh, the the boy racer forty five. If you could, would you put in a flip future cast for Z Haynes to the dogs one two three. Yes, yes, we would. <laughs> All right. Uh, any other any other commits uh, elsewhere you would predict to the Dawes? Nobody that I would just outright predict right now. Um, but you know, as those will, those will all start coming into focus later in this class, uh, I believe. What's that quarterback that Texas got a couple weeks ago? I'm signing off. <laughs> <laughs> oh lord yeah no more arch talk for sure uh ghost of crowell says what is the best cereal and why is it cinnamon toast crunch okay maybe my favorite question so far on here 
It is a great cereal. I'm going to go with peanut butter Captain Crunch. And here's the thing about peanut butter Captain Crunch. It's a balancing act, okay? If you eat if you eat peanut butter Captain Crunch like right as the milk goes onto it, it can absolutely destroy your mouth, okay? Or if you wait a little bit too long, it could be just absolute mush. But if you get it just right, there's nothing better than peanut butter Captain Crunch, in my opinion. That was extended rapid fire there. Yeah, well, yeah. I, at least I gave a long answer about football. <laughs> hey, what? Hey, what do you think? Cinnamon Toast Crunch the best, or or what? What are we, what are we saying? I like Honey Nut Cheerios personally. That's my whoa. Keep it original. Yeah, man. <laughs> it, it's got to protect his heart heart health, you know. Fruit Loops, some Lucky Charms. <laughs> I do. I okay. Lucky Lucky Charms is good. Still a Cheerios kind of. For sure. But I, I can rock with some cinnamon toast crunch there. Ghosted uh Crowell. That's pretty good. All right, uh Golston Dog, any twenty-four running backs we need to keep an eye on early. Yeah, yeah. Jarek Gibson, and he says he's from uh, Nahana, which we found out at SCC Media Days is actually Stetson Minutes uh hometown. So um not Blackshear. But when it comes down to it, uh Jarek Gibson is one. Uh uh Cam Davis. Cam Davis is one they're, they're trying to flip. Um, Cam Davis, Michael Welch, um, Anthony Carey out of um, Carrollwood Day School in Tampa. Those four, I think, are, um, you know, the. I mean, there will be other guys that come up and whatever, but I think those are the four to really uh, kind of hone in, at least on this point, this far out in the cycle. Well, Stacy Gage is one that, that they're on, yep. but Stacy Gage is one that I just have a feeling is going to end up elsewhere. Um, that's just kind of kind of where we're – I'm feeling on that one right now. Uh, and then there's another one that they, they just offered recently. I, I think his name's uh, uh, Tawazi Mizell or some, something oh, along Tavani those lines. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's his name? Tovani. Tovani. Also, uh, also out of Florida, I believe. Yeah, out of, out of the Sunshine State for sure. Um, so here we go. Big Dog says, uh, are we still in a great spot to land Julian Sayan or are chances at landing Jaden Davis – um, if for whatever reason we miss, uh, what are the chances of Jaden Davis? Jaden Davis uh, appears uh, that he's going to uh, be in town this upcoming week. So, you know, Georgia's still talking to him. I've confirmed that that uh, Georgia's you know, talking to him, talking to his family, still getting to know him. Julian saying they're in communication with him as well. Uh, sources, you know, tell UGA Sports. So, um, it's really the ball's – as uh, Michael, Michael Scott said, our balls are in your court. It's what, what he said to him on the office. So they uh, they get to uh, they get to decide who's going to be the first one to to kind of hop into the class there. Yeah, it looks like from what we hear or what we what we know, um, Sayin's going to be the first to commit. He's currently looking at the you know the late October, early November thing. Um, I mean, I don't think it's like a done deal to Georgia or anything, but I think. I think Georgia wants both. I think they will take whichever one jumps on board first. So, um, right now, that looks to be saying. Now, if saying goes elsewhere, you know, Alabama's in there, LSU, Michigan, um, they will obviously turn all their attention to Julian Sayan or to Jaden Davis, excuse me. But um, looks like Sayan's gonna be the first one to um to make the decision. Yeah. Certainly, his timeline seems to be the first right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trent, you know, any concern with Lawson Lucky Lawson Lucky flipping right now? I mean, he's visited Alabama a lot. I know he's – I wouldn't say as of today. I think I think he's pretty – I mean, he's a, also a legacy. And I know a lot of people are saying all, if he flips, the two legacies go elsewhere. 
Honestly, he's friends yeah. friends with Justice Haynes, friends with Caleb Downs, you know, from the Gwinnett area, it, that kind of stuff. It would not surprise me to see him flip just for the simple fact that Georgia's uh, tight end room is so stacked right now it, that it's going to be tough for him to get on the field probably in the first two years uh, to uh, a lot uh, get to get a lot of playing time. But um, at the same time, I think he has a lot pulling him to Georgia, but it would, it, it would not surprise me. And I, would, would Georgia be okay with it? Would Georgia be fine? At the end of the day, I think they would. Um, but I, I know Georgia would like to keep him. Yeah, and two, Deuce Robinson is making an official visit to Georgia later on this year in the fall. Uh, so, And they just hired a high school coach out in Vegas. Yeah, so uh, to be determined on that, what, what, out in the West. what happens there. But uh, – Wanted to before we sign off here. I wanted to look at some of these YouTube comments and see. Oh, we got a we got a spammer again uh, putting some some uh, not so nice some X rated stuff in there. That's not good. Uh, oh, a legend, a YouTube legend, the Uncle Lou show in here was. How many legit wide receivers do we have to miss out on before we start start playing the best quarterback on? So uh, he's he's not a, uh, a Stetson Bennett fan apparently, but I think I think uh, Uncle Lou, what you're going to see um, more than anything, I think you're going to see Georgia not take the foot off the gas uh, when they're up by 21 points, you know, in the third quarter. I think they're going to just exclusively start running the ball. I think Georgia's going to they may switch out some personnel, but I think they're going to keep uh, keep slinging it a little bit. Trent, I got, I yeah, I got a feeling that you know, in the fourth quarter, they'll bring in Stetson's little brother and sling it all over the field. So um, <laughs> you'll have to deal with Stetson Junior as well. Uh, 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 based off this comment by Uncle, Uncle Lou and some of the other people, people, some people would go absolutely apoplectic if they put in for you know just feel good story. They were to put in uh, Stetson's little brother and let Stetson throw a pass to him. That could that could almost cause a uh you know break in the time space continuum over on the vault i mean so it's uh <laughs> it would it could just go into a black hole of uh, craziness over there but um let some other guys on here uh we see lots of people comp you know talking about our cereal choices here fred f talking about crunch berries uh harry lake says cut some nanners put them in cheerios so uh this is this is why you tune in to rumors you do that jess nanners no i'm out on nanners he's a strawberry guy you gotta put some strawberries on there yeah Uh, yeah, i can rock with that absolutely we got robert uh cole in here so appreciate uh, all you guys uh tuning in Make sure to do it each and every Monday night. We'll have, uh, of course, tomorrow on the YouTube channel, you've got uh, Coach Donnan, Roddy, Dane, all talking uh, things on UGA Sports Live. So appreciate everybody tuning in. Make sure to subscribe. we got hundreds of people in here. Please subscribe if you don't already. Uh, Greatly appreciated. Uh, And then turn on notifications. So appreciate everybody tuning in for Jed May. And Trent Smallwood, I am Blaine Gilmer, and we will catch you guys next week on UGA Sports Rumors versus Facts.